0: Hello and welcome to So It's a Show, a podcast where we are inviting you to come on in, have a nice drink, hang out, do a dance, make a little love, get down tonight, <laughs> and just have a great time. Um and do it all for free. You just need to wear a uniform.
1: Yeah, there's a really specific uniform we prefer. Actually, three different kinds or four different kinds. Mm-hmm. Hats are appreciated. Yeah. Uh, However, we'll just be dressed in beautiful dresses.
0: Yes. And we might even put on a show if it's your lucky night. We might bring in a pony. We might do some three-part
1: harmony. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what else could we do for you? We could sing, kind of sing with a sketch, have uh, some nice props. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do love props for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in case I haven't said, I'm Kyla,
0: and I'm Taylor, and <laughs> you're gonna be just really excited to meet us because we're just celebrities and we're gonna sign autographs while we're here. So, yeah, it's your
1: lucky day. We're at your service. But you know, before we serve you with free sandwiches that you grab right off of the trays as we're trying to bring them out, <laughs> uh, maybe we should talk about what pop culture we're enjoying. Mm-hmm.
0: Felt pretty confident in my recommendation
1: of... You go first this time, because I think you made me go first last time. Ooh. So, T-Town, as you know, I (laughs) am... I'm a Sandra Bullock completionist, and I have been going back and watching all her 90s wonderful movies. And my latest one that I checked out was a 1999 romantic comedy, Forces of Nature. Ooh,
0: I've not watched this one.
1: Oh, well, it's on Netflix for free. So you should check it out. It is Sandra Bullock and Ben Affleck. Wait. And. What? How have I not yeah. heard of this movie? <laughs> it's basically Planes, Trains, and Automobiles The Romance. <gasps> you know
0: what's really weird? What? Saturday night, I was just falling asleep lying in bed thinking about how Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a romantic comedy between friends. And now you're telling me there is a romantic <laughs> comedy version of this movie. I need it.
1: Yeah, you no longer need to worry about that because there is a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles romantic comedy. I love and this. And it's, it's just a fun 90s. It's It's not as highbrow or as wonderful as like Sleepless in Seattle. It's it's no miscongeniality, but it is it's fun.
0: Well, if there's anything that says highbrow, it's miscongeniality. So, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that you
1: clarified. Thought that would help.
0: Yeah. What about you? Well, I'm also going to recommend something highbrow. It was very intellectually stimulating and completely airtight plot-wise, and it's called Uncharted. And I went to go see it with my dad yesterday, and it stars Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, two beacons of highbrow cinema. Mm -hmm. And we just had such a good time. (laughs) This movie is bananas. It starts with, like, Indiana Jones and, like, ends on Fast and Furious bananas action. Love it. And... Um, it's a treasure hunt movie, and just every time they would figure out a new clue, it was just, like, yee! Like, I was (laughs) just so so excited. excited. And later in the day, I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I don't know how they figured out that that was the thing that clue needed. You know, like, there are lots of little, like... Mm -hmm ancient or i guess not ancient but historical artifacts that are also other things kind of like a national treasure Mm, but unlike national treasure where like nicholas cage is like a secret like expert on the founding fathers and the revolutionary Mm -hmm. war these people they're like they're enthusiasts, they know things, but they're also discovering hidden artifacts that nobody's ever discovered before, and they just, like, know what to do with them, you know? But that's okay. I had a very
1: nice time. Good. Well, I have played one, one of the games, one of the Uncharted games. I played, meaning I watched somebody else play through it. A little random fun fact. It's kind of fun to watch other people play story video games. Because you get to, like, follow the clues with them.
0: I had never even heard of this video game before this movie came out. So I have no clue how it connects with the video game at all.
1: I can imagine. They're just all different treasure hunts. But, yeah, I really enjoyed watching the game. So I plan to watch the movie after I watch the game that's based on. Because I don't think I (laughs) watched that one.
0: Um, because it's just really important to you to play the game before seeing the movie, kind of like reading the book before seeing the movie or... Yeah,
1: you know, it's the highbrow thing to do. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh.
0: Well, so there you go. Go to the movies, have a blast, or stay home and watch Netflix and have a blast.
1: hmm We support it all. Yes.
0: Are you, speaking of treasure hunts and speaking of Sandra Bullock, going to go see The Lost City? Since you're a Sandra Bullock completionist.
1: You know, I think I might have seen a bit of a preview for that, but I don't remember.
0: Um, in which she is a romance novelist and Channing Tatum is her cover model, but then they end up on a real adventure together and also maybe Brad
1: Pitt needs to appear. Ooh, all I need is Channing Tatum. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Just wanted to make sure you weren't going to miss that that one was
1: on its way. Thank you. Yeah. There's too many great movies. The burden is overwhelming. I'm sinking under the pressure. So now into a show that is not so mysterious because we've seen it uh infinite number of times. Should we talk about Gilmore Girls? <laughs> yes. Let's do it.
0: The episode of Gilmore Girls we are talking about today is Gilmore Girls we've got magic to do which first aired october 11th 2005 and i just want to highlight that some new person has taken over the imdb summarizing yes because last time we just had the sentence was it last time it was just church ladies yep i remember but there was like personality. Like they put on their Sunday best and da 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 da. This time, get ready. Someone has taken it over and I'm here for it. Rory's World War II themed DAR bash is a piper Is that a word?
1: Not in my dictionary.
0: Okay. The DAR bash is a piper even when suddenly impoverished Paris joins the proletariat as a server. <laughs> oh my goodness. But the bash goes smash when Richard confronts Mitchum Huntsberger.
1: (laughs) Wow. This is assuming that no one is reading and just having a good time with it?
0: Or here's my theory. Someone who listens to this podcast anticipated that we would get to this episode (laughs) one day and has gone through and improved these IMDb summaries, in which case... Thank you.
1: That's what I'm going to choose to believe. Um, I, I love that for our podcast. Yeah. I accept that as canon. <laughs> okay.
0: So we need to talk about the bash and not the smash. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't even really need to talk about Paris as the proletariat, although that is a delightful subplot. But I have to tell you, Kyla, this is one of my all-time favorite Gilmore Girls episodes. Really? Okay. I love when they put on a big event and everyone puts on costumes. Mm. And there's a whole shebang. Also, this is the episode where Kirk does his weird little dance about, like, (laughs) the evolution of man or something. And he starts as, like, a little, like, I don't know, something like worm on the ground and ends dying. It's just a delight. You love
1: Kirk performances.
0: I really do. It's
1: Pete Gilmore Girls for you.
0: I mean, I don't know if it's Pete Gilmore Girls, but boy, it is
1: Pete Kirk. (laughs) Ew. 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 Ew.
0: Ew.
1: I do love Rory's hair and how her hat is on her head. I think it's so cute. And I have, don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me, stuck in my (laughs) head. really like that tune.
0: Yes. Well, we will have to talk more about those tune singers. Because we need to talk about the inspiration for Rory's bash.
1: Welcome to the Hollywood Canteen.
0: Thank you. We're the Gilmores.
1: Richard, look at this place. It's wonderful. Here is your table number. And take a pen, both of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I love this song. And look at the band. It's the Andrews sisters. They've kept in pretty good shape. (laughs) Hi, guys.
0: Oh, looks like you've got a hit on your hand.
1: So far, so good. No one's dancing, though. Oh, it's early. You'll see plenty of dancing after dinner.
0: You'll see some dancing right now.
1: Richard, it's before dinner. There's no dancing during appetizers. Come
0: on, let's show these funny duddies how it's done. <laughs> Don't sit under
1: the apple tree with anyone else but me. So not an exact pop culture reference in that it's just kind of the whole theme of the episode, the Hollywood Canteen. And we know she's referencing it for sure
0: because she does ask some nice assistance from the DAR can you find me some photos of the hollywood canteen Color and of photos. course it's plastered on the wall behind rory's head <laughs> but lucky for us there is a movie that you can watch to m- kind of give you a taste of what it was like to be in the hollywood canteen
1: mhm and guess what it's called hollywood <gasps> canteen easy peasy <laughs> Um, Unless you're me, who thought you were starting to watch The Hollywood Canteen, but you were watching another movie called The Stage Door Canteen. (laughs) But uh, only got about halfway through, so Now, now I'm on track. Yes.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Well, Hollywood Canteen, the correct movie, came out in 1944. It was directed and written by Delmer Daves, who wrote a movie called Stage Door Canteen. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay
0: we will talk more about stage door canteen and it stars as themselves betty davis of all about eve joan leslie john garfield jane wyman roy rogers the andrew sisters jack benny jack carson joan crawford Sydney greenstreet paul Heinrich of casablanca and many many more it also stars two guys named robert hutton and dane clark who are just two GIs, and they're actually playing characters who are just, like, in town, visiting the canteen, Mm -hmm. getting into hijinks. (laughs) Notably, Dane Clark was on two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) This movie was nominated for three Oscars. Best Sound, Best Score, and Best Original Song for Sweet Dream, Sweetheart. And Mm. I thought this was kind of cool. Warner Brothers developed new recording and playback equipment that was used for the first time during the making of this movie. And it just made less feedback, less distortion, way better syncing up the cueing of the um, video and audio. So, Mm -hmm. you know what? Way to go. And I will say the Stage Door Canteen movie that you watched half of and I watched after you told me it was not good and I really wanted to <laughs> check it out because <laughs> it was free on Prime. The quality of Hollywood Canteen, audio and visual, is significantly better. And it only hmm. came out one year later after Stage Door Canteen.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: I mean, nice. do you agree with that?
1: You know, I was not watching it on Amazon Prime. I didn't realize it was free on there. So where I was watching it, I, I did wasn't sure if that was the original quality of the movie. Oh
0: I see. I don't what you're know saying. if I
1: was watching its fullest quality. Well
0: it sounds like you were because it wasn't great in my experience compared to <laughs> the forty or the movie that came out a year later. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Okay notably this movie got mixed reviews but it was actually a huge box office winner because it had all these Hmm. movie stars and was themed around the war it made about 4.1 million dollars which doesn't sound impressive today but that was the year's fifth most popular film and i read when i was reading about this movie that on average americans went to the movies twice a week during the war
1: whoa Yeah, because they would get, like, news updates from the war in movies.
0: And there were a lot of, like, restrictions on what you could do during the war, and you had to ration everything. And you know what? If there was a blackout, you probably didn't even have to do anything. You wouldn't even have to interrupt the movie. Don't quote (laughs) me on that. That's not fact. That's just a conjecture there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's kind of like... Think about COVID times and, like, all the things that we streamed and, you know, did from home. Yeah. Yeah. Live a little differently in weird Mm -hmm. times.
0: Should we talk a little bit about what happens in the movie version of Hollywood Canteen?
1: Yeah. So I was very happy to switch over from Stage Door because (laughs) it was basically, like, Many old movies can be. It was just a lot of drawn out performances that I just wanted to be over and to see what this movie, what was going to happen. But the Hollywood Canteen definitely had some plot and we followed those two soldiers. And it just kind of, I felt like, I felt like it was a, honestly, a promo piece for Hollywood Canteen. Like it felt pretty indulgent. But we'll talk more about kind of why that was. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we see see kind of groups of soldiers come in and they're all very surprised that they get to eat for free, come in for free, get the entertainment for free, Mm -hmm. and also dance with a lot of pretty girls. How did you feel about soldiers picking out actresses they'd love to dance with or even kiss and then have those wishes fulfilled? Um... I have mixed feelings about it because
0: part of me, I think one of the reasons this movie is better than Stage Door Canteen is it understands that you want to, one, believe that Hollywood stars, they're just like us. They're serving our tables and they're helping out and they are helping with the war effort, just like me. But two, we also kind of want to believe in the magic and... Je ne sais quoi, of Hollywood, and so to have this sort of like romantic, um, like wish fulfillment of like we all fall in love with a movie star, and we all like wish that we could meet, you know, X Y Z, and the, like if only they knew we we really know them, like they'll fall in love with us, you know, mm-hmm. which is they'll silly, pick but... us
1: out from the crowd up on stage. Exactly, it's what we all dream of.
0: And even though we know it's silly. And so I think this movie like understands both the like wish fulfillment of like, wow, this person's dreams came true. And he's a deserving person because he's a soldier and he's about to be shipped off. But and I guess I would suppose that if you are an actress signing up for this, you kind of know what you're getting into. But yeah, I you're not wrong to feel weird about it.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like anyone was shoved into another person and made to do something. But, you know, they called an actress in. Oh, is she available? The soldier really wants to meet her. And then she comes in and they're like, oh, OK, you're going to get kissed. And she's like, OK, so feel feels a little a little weird. But I think what made it feel not awful was that the soldiers were all like very nice and they were not gross Or making Mm -hmm. any comments that were, like, objectifying them. They were all, like, very sweet and grateful (laughs) to be there. So, Mm -hmm.
0: And then one guy actually, like, does fall in what is supposed to be real love with Joan Leslie, who is playing herself. And this guy who is not playing himself, which is just a wild... Proposition for an actress. Like, you're going to play yourself and you're going to fall in love with this fake person.
1: Yeah. It's (laughs) like, it was an odd idea. But yeah, so they, his name is Slim, and she always calls him Slim. And they end up kind of, they even like hung out. She, like, she lived with her parents, even though she's an actress, and they were like hanging out in the backyard.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was funny. And to your point, they make points to say things like, you're not allowed to go home with these boys. And like, they go out of their way to like explain the rules to the audience because this movie is one big advertisement for the Hollywood canteen. I mean, it's an extended production and it's almost like you're getting to come into the Hollywood canteen. So we're going to explain all the rules to you. So you don't have any bad feelings about this.
1: Hmm. And I thought it was really good. Like they had a part in the movie that like explained the whole thing, and it seems that that was all pretty accurate, considering Betty Davis, like we said, who's in the movie. She's kind of like overseeing everything, and she was mm-hmm. the person who co-founded it with another Hollywood elite. Yes, John Garfield. Hmm.
0: Well, it also came on the heels of Betty Davis being a very short-lived president of the Academy, and Mm. she was very motivated to make changes to the Academy ceremony. She wanted to do things like changing the gold statues to wood and make it more Mm. of like a fundraising war effort. And... It's just so funny because the more I read up on Oscar's history, the more it's like everything's the same for all time ever. I think <laughs> it, I read that she was in office for like seven weeks and then basically got the boot because they were like, you're changing too much. We just want things to be traditional. And they did wow. pare down the ceremony. It was less glamorous. There w- It was like less of a party atmosphere because they wanted to like make it clear they were not trying to um, have a party in the middle of a war. So yeah. they took some of her inspiration. But after that happened, she was still determined to try and get Hollywood involved. And so she and John Garfield teamed up. They got um, the film industry's 42 unions at the time. To open this nightclub, it was a former stable, and it opened October 5th, 1942. It was on Cahuenga Boulevard near Sunset Boulevard. And they were, like you said, dedicated to serving people in the military, a lot of them about to ship off to service in the Pacific. And it was a hit. They welcomed quite a few people and financially they did so well that they actually ended with $500,000 in the bank when the war was over mm-hmm. and they closed the place. And so they continued to use that money to fund projects for veterans in the armed forces, which is pretty cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. I mean, they not only like served the guys, um, men and women who came through, but then they also donated a bunch of money. And most of that money actually came from this movie, the Hollywood Canteen, profits from it, as well as Think You're Lucky Stars.
0: Yes. I believe it was something like forty percent of the profits of this movie went straight to the Hollywood Canteen.
1: Nice. Yeah, so which kind of makes sense, right? Like they're all movie stars and and directors and different things. So like we know mm. how to make movies. That's what we'll do. <laughs> yes. But as far as, like, changes, I mean, one thing Betty Davis did was made sure that the Hollywood Canteen would be integrated so anyone could come, any service member could come.
0: And actually, one of the things that surprised me in this movie, because I like watching a lot of old movies, even when we're not talking about them for the podcast, and this movie was so much more diverse than most movies that came out in the 40s Mm -hmm. because they were representing the people and the servicemen and women who came to this club versus the more traditionally white productions in uh, the rest of Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Betty Davis for the win. Mm hmm. I can't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me. For there is no secret lover that the draft board didn't discover. Some of the performances that we mentioned were, well, the Andrews sisters, which might sound familiar to you. Mm -hmm. And also, who was the guy with the horse? Roy Rogers? Yes. You know, I didn't know a lot about him. I, like, I know the name. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, but... fun fact, his horse, Trigger, who apparently <laughs> was his pal, also appeared in The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn that we talked about way back in season one. Wow, so we have seen this horse before. You can also wow. see this horse's hoof prints on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at Grauman's Chinese really? Theater. Mm-hmm
1: along with uh Roy Rogers. Rogers, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, a few fun facts about this Hollywood canteen. Judy Garland performed Have a Yourself a Merry Little Christmas at, in 1943 around Christmas time, hmm. which just wow, how cool would it be to see performances like that? Yeah. So, they were not just getting a cool place to hang out, but like a cool place for Anyone to hang out, not just yeah, because you're in town before you leave for war. I also read an article, uh, kind of a memoirish article, with the actress Marsha Hunt. She said she signed almost five thousand autographs a night when wow. she worked there, and she was going to the Hollywood Canteen every Saturday night. She said, so apparently okay. that was the place to be.
1: And in the movie, you saw those stars, they were signing autographs, they were dancing, but they weren't just mm-hmm. performing, they were serving food, cooking food, like... Washing dishes. Yeah. hmm Which is, I mean, if you think, like, in some ways sounds crazy, but also, if they are normal people, then normal people volunteer, you know, and mm-hmm. do things like clean dishes. So,
0: Yeah. One of the funnier moments, I thought, was when um, Joan Crawford dances with a soldier. Mm -hmm. And this is pre-Mommy Dearest era, I would presume. So she seems very nice and fun to be around. Yeah, (laughs) But he doesn't realize it's her. He doesn't look at her face before they start dancing. And then in the middle of the dance he looks up and he's like, wow, you're a dead ringer for Joan Crawford. And finally she says, (laughs) I am Joan Crawford. And he just faints (laughs) in the middle of the dance floor, which was very charming. Did
1: anybody ever tell you you look like Joan Crawford? Well, yes, my husband has.
0: (laughs) Another fun fact about this is this was one of the inspirations if you have seen a more recent movie called Captain America, The First Avenger. Remember how Ooh. Bucky is taking girls out to dance? Well, I believe mm-hmm. they were in New York, so it would have probably more likely been the Stage Door Canteen. But it was the kind of thing that was inspiring the dance halls that Steve and Bucky went to and Peggy.
1: So nice.
0: if you want to see a more modern
1: interpretation of what this place might have looked like, there you go. So the Stage Door Canteen actually inspired the Hollywood Canteen. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. And it's like it was the same thing. They, in that movie, too, they just explained the rules over and over again. <laughs> yes, it's free. <laughs> yes, you can come here if you're a serviceman. Yes, um, you will get fired if you go home with him after the yeah, – <laughs> it starts out with a girl getting fired because she went on a date with a serviceman. You're not allowed. So did the movie end with someone going home with a serviceman and falling mm-hmm. in love? well yeah what how did you guess (laughs) just
0: (laughs) at the end of the movie one of the gals she is she goes home well as much home as you can go in a 1940s studio film under the Hays code they go back to her place (laughs) and chat and they decide they're going to get married in the morning And so the next day, she comes to the Hollywood canteen, but someone saw her with him, so busted. But they're like, oh, you're going to get married? It's fine. We'll let you in. (laughs) And so you can wait inside and wait for him to show up. But um, in kind of a cruel twist of fate, he got shipped out that morning. So they could not get married. Wow. And um, the person who comforts her is Catherine Hepburn. Oh, So... Anyway, yeah, it did end that way. You were pretty darn close.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm good that way.
0: <laughs> and the people at that club tended to be theater stars and Broadway stars. And I have to say, that's another reason I thought Hollywood Canteen worked better. I'm a little biased, but <laughs> like I, you and I ha- still have a relationship to Katharine Hepburn and Betty Davis because we've watched Bringing Up Baby and All About Eve. Like those are people that we can still consider stars today. Whereas a lot of these people in the stage door canteen, I might've heard their name, but like I have no relationship to them because to my knowledge, they were not filming Broadway plays at that time. So there is no way for you or I to have seen them perform. So maybe for audiences in the 1940s, it would have been a lot more fun to be in a room and feel like you're getting to see a lot of famous people that <laughs> you can go see on Broadway or you have heard about on your everyday newspaper reading, you know? But for you and me, yeah. it was kind of a dud because a lot of those people, I'm like, I don't know who you are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I recognized, I think I saw Katherine Hepburn in there, or at least I knew she was going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I wasn't recognizing people. So, yeah, Hollywood Canteen definitely worked better in that
0: regard. Yes. So, has aged better, but maybe in the 1940s, both of them were Mm -hmm. awesome possum. Maybe it would have just been like hanging out with your favorite theater celebs. I do feel like it's super cool, though, that we should mention lots and lots of people were involved in World War II volunteering and service Mm -hmm. and I knew this but it just was amazing to me just in researching this one Hollywood canteen how many like tangential stories I read about people and a couple of them we have talked about before so One of them, Jimmy Stewart, whom we talked about in the movie Harvey, he signed up Mm -hmm. voluntarily to join the military at the relatively advanced age of 32, as it said in this article, (laughs) which was Uh. much older than most servicemen enlisted were. And he became a colonel, flying B-24 bombers over Germany well into 1945. Wow. Also, Clark Gable, who we have talked about, I believe in our Miss Selene episode, if I remember correctly, Mm. his story started a little bit tragically. His wife, Carol Lombard, died in a plane crash while she was selling war bonds. So Mm. she was involved. And then after that, he became a bomber gunner and an aerial cameraman in Europe And Hitler offered a reward to any Nazi who could capture him, but they never did. So extra price on his head. And there is also a cool documentary on Netflix I watched a couple years ago called Five Came Back. And it's all about how some major filmmakers like Fink Capra and John Ford kind of took time off from making their typical Hollywood movies during the war and they use their services to make propaganda and documentaries about what was happening in the war. Like those newsreels Mm. you mentioned earlier and FDR all over this. He knew that media was super powerful. So people we have also talked about like Orson Welles and Walt Disney and Alfred Hitchcock, they will use their talents to help motivate people during the war and maybe before we wrap up we should do our list of guest stars should we do this oh
1: yes i'm ready for it
0: (laughs) okay so lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of people helped out at the hollywood canteen but i have narrowed down the list to some of the most famous and the people we have talked about in our podcast So, are you ready for this? Because it's a stupid long list, and it was even stupider longer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I can handle it. Okay, alphabetically.
0: Abbott and Costello, the Andrews sisters, who we saw in this film, and we'll talk about again soon, Louis Armstrong, Fred Astaire, Lauren Bacall, Lucille Ball, Anne Baxter from All About Eve, Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, Charles Boyer from Gaslight, Fanny Bryce, the inspiration for Funny Girl, Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin, Bing Crosby, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, Doris Day, Olivia de Havilland, (laughs) Cecil B. DeMille, Marlena Dietrich, Walt Disney, Deanna Durbin, Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, Errol Flynn. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if they'd had Errol Flynn at the DAR party? Emily would have flipped a lid.
1: Oh my goodness. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Joan Fontaine, Ava Gardner, Judy Garland, Greer Garson, Lillian Gish, Betty Grable, Cary Grant, Benny Goodman, Margaret Hamilton, a.k.a. the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> Probably not wearing green face paint. Rita Hayworth, Paul Heinreid, Catherine Hepburn. So she did both Stage Door Canteen mm. and Hollywood Canteen. Bob Hope, Boris Karloff, Danny Kaye, Buster Keaton, Gene Kelly, of most notably Zandu <laughs> fame. Oh, gosh. And you know I had to say it. Angela. Angela oh. Lansberry volunteered yes. at the Hollywood yes. Canteen. My heart is full. I love it. Amazing. Laurel and Hardy, Peter Lawford, Joan Leslie, Bella Lugosi, of Ed Wood. I believe he was in that when we talked about that. Fred McMurray, Hattie McDaniel, Gregory Peck, Claude Rains, Ginger Rogers, Roy Rogers, Mickey Rooney of (laughs) National Velvet, Rosalind Mm -hmm. Russell, Frank Sinatra, Barbara Stanwyck, who I thought was very charming in this movie. um,
1: Mm.
0: When he just leaned over the bar and was like, (gasps) Barbara Stanwyck. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Because he said he had a crush on her until he fell in love with Joan Leslie. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll tell my husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Gloria Swanson of Sunset Boulevard, Elizabeth Taylor, Shirley Temple, the Three Stooges, Spencer Tracy, Nancy Walker of Mary Tyler Moore fame, and Mm. Orson Welles. Wow. And that's not everybody. That's just the people I thought people might have a remote chance of being interested in obviously we're most interested in the angelo lansbury
1: i know of course yes (laughs) number one queen queen of the pod. (laughs) um that's amazing and it only was around for about three years Mm -hmm. and it's now a parking garage
0: oh well yeah i guess they converted a stable so it probably was not a structure that was designed to last
1: yeah that's true because so. it was a, a wartime effort, so it doesn't need to last. No. Should we talk about how this fits into the world of Gilmore Girls? I guess. So uh, we mentioned the Andrews sisters, and that's uh, who were, well, being played by <laughs> <laughs> these three singers. So the Andrews sisters was a trio of three ladies, and, you know, looking at, they appeared in the movie... And the outfits didn't match. The Andrew sister, the, the hair colors didn't all match. So they weren't exact, but their voices were lovely. So you are a stringent
0: critic. You're paying attention to the details. <laughs> I like the details.
1: I'm getting coins for my country at the Hollywood canteen. The hardest working junior host is you ever seen. My bit down here for Uncle Sam. I'm a patriotic jitterbug. Yeah, yeah that's what I am. I'm getting corns
0: for my country. I thought that was a lovely nod. Um, I also love that if you look behind Rory when she's on stage, there's a sign that says Hollywood Canteen, and it looks pretty much exactly like it did in the movie. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is a very nice attention to detail.
1: And it's weird, too, because it's like a lowercase h, but the c's pretty big, so it looks like it's capitalized. <laughs> and it's kind of funky. It's all scripty.
0: I also love the attention to detail with them needing to wear uniforms. I sort of wish mm-hmm. they would have told Shira Hunsberger that she couldn't come in because she wasn't wearing a uniform.
1: Yeah, uh, I would have liked that. <laughs> it's kind of a flip because the guests were wearing nice gowns. Mm. and then the servers were wearing the uniforms and it was flipped in the movie oh yeah you're right good catch although the servers some did wear aprons so but a lot of women were there just to be social (laughs) with the guys so um and then there are also some lovely photos that we kind of had to tag team to figure out who they were and the one with um well, you can hear uh, Rory call out one of the photographs in this clip. Whoa, treat her gently there, boys. Betty's life is tough enough. So in that instance, they're hanging up this photo of the one and only founder of the Hollywood Canteen, Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. And it's, of course, we got to have Betty in there. And then who were the other photographs of? There was a giant one of Marlena Dietrich.
0: And she is wearing some sort of... Service hat. I am not an expert, and that photo is also partially covered, so even if I were an expert, it might be difficult to tell. We also saw Rita Hayworth, and her outfit looked a little less service focused. It looked a little more um pin up. swimsuit. Yeah, pinup focused. There was another guy with a clarinet that you and I could not identify. And even as I'm scrolling through the episode right now, there's another guy in a sailor's uniform that I don't recognize. Hmm. So they have all these huge faces on the wall, and I would love to know if they are famous people or not.
1: Yeah, but Rita and... Marlena. Yeah, they were involved in the Hollywood Canteen, correct?
0: Yes, they were volunteers. I can't believe you didn't remember them from that very long list I read you. I expected you to (laughs) memorize it. My
1: mistake. So that was a fun little uh, addition that it makes sense Mm -hmm. that Rory would include the stars because she knows all their movies. Yes. I also just want to
0: call out, you know, to the point of Richard saying what this girl tackles, she conquers. She knows (laughs) her target demo. This is the DAR. So just steeped in patriotism and American history. And also a lot of these people probably were very young when World War II happened. Yeah. So it probably has a nostalgic quality for them. And I just yeah. think it is just a brilliant move on Rory's part to pivot this event that was supposed mm. to be a disaster. And she just like immediately is like, Oh, Oh,
1: Here's this great idea and it's a hit. Yeah, and okay, that's a really good point too, because probably all of these Connecticut peeps could never they maybe could go to the stage drawer canteen if they were <laughs> a part of the military, but they probably had never been to the Hollywood canteen and I'll bet you they all were dying to be there. Yeah so it probably if is like they kind were of, old enough to yeah. uh,
0: be aware of it. It's very hard to yeah. tell what the age range on the DAR is in the Gilmore yeah. Girls world to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, I'm sure Richard would have been aware of it.
0: Yes, history buff for sure.
1: Yeah. But, um, it's. I mean, it kind of has a similar feel to when they had the Luke's pop-up cafes.
0: Mm, yeah. You know,
1: it's like, oh, I want to go to Luke's. So I was like, I want to be at the Hollywood Canteen. So, yeah, that was a really great idea. Good job, Rory. Yes. So, Taylor? So, Kyla? That's our show? That's our show. We've got magic to do. Just for you. (laughs) But we won't throw confetti on you.
0: Yeah. Also, props to Rory for not throwing confetti on people. It's yeah. uh, it's a little thing, but it makes all the difference.
1: Yeah. It's the details, like I said. <laughs> uh, so that's the Hollywood Canteen. What do you guys think of this uh, little bit of a different ep? Mm, some movie, mostly just history. I don't know. It's fun. hmm And I think it's
0: more fun talking about this than the Iron Contra scandal. You know, that was another history episode that was yeah. a little more depressing.
1: Yeah, but interesting
0: intrigue. No, I'm not saying it wasn't interesting. It's just this was more fun
1: mm.
0: because mm, yeah. it was more about upbeat. people. De- <laughs> yeah, upbeat, dancing and eating food and not yeah. going home with each other afterward.
1: Right. Very illegal. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> so let us know what you think. Uh, follow our socials. We're on Twitter, so it's a show. Instagram, so it's a show. Uh, love for you to follow along all the little photos and extra gifts we post you can find way more information on our tumblr so it's a show podcast.tumblr.com and the new little email newsletter sign up in the link in
0: our show notes mm-hmm. is dropping this week and it will be focused on tons of streaming recommendations because it's a new mm-hmm. month and yes. I want you to be able to find all the movies. Um, and by I,
1: I mean we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until next time, here's a teaser for our next step. Hey, Paris. Rory. I clocked in. Cool. They gave me this card and had my name on it, and I shoved it in the clock thing, and it made the punchy sound, and I'm officially on the job. Great. And I'm prepared, too. I was a little nervous last night about making small talk with coworkers, mm-hmm. so I went to the video store and rented Working Girl, and the first season of Just Shoot Me, got a couple of Wendy Malick bon that have already come in handy. Very good. Well-